Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin, and this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Timed Pet, Pet Sitters Associates, Pet Sitters International, and our wonderful Patreon supporters. Welcome back to a very special episode. Uh, 2020 changed a lot of the industry, including the trajectory of where we thought we were going, and kind of changed our mindset around thinking about how we view our businesses and the services that we provide. And so to look at that trajectory in that next 10, 20 years, we wanted to bring on a couple innovators in the pet care space. Um, We've had them all on before, and so we're really excited today to have uh, Natasha O'Banion, uh, owner of Walk with Rinjo and Ruby, Start Scale Sale. You'll recognize her from our Ask a Pet Biz Coach segment, uh, as well as uh, we interviewed her back on episode 59. Natasha, uh, thank you so much for coming on today. Hi, thank you. We also have Doug Keeling, owner of Bad to the Bone Pet Care uh, and YouTube extraordinaire, doing lots of great stuff on there, helping educate uh, pet business owners on how to operate. Uh, he was on episode, Doug, I was shocked when I looked back and I saw you, we had you back on episode 18. And wow. <laughs> it's, I know, it's, it's like a it, whole different lifetime. It is. It, it is. <laughs> really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. And then we have got Dan Reitman, owner of Dan's Dog Walking and Pet Sitting. Uh, I don't know what you're not doing these days, uh, but we had you back on episode uh, <laughs> 29, 42, 86. Um, Dan, uh, it's always a pleasure to get connected. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you guys and chat about some <laughs> cool stuff. Yeah, you know, we're talking about the trajectory of the industry, where we're headed, things that we're doing. And, and I think in order to do that... I think in order to do that, we need to kind of look back and reflect a little bit on where we're coming out of, because the trajectory of the industry is going to be framed a lot of through how we experienced 2020. So I'd like for each of you to kind of give in a nutshell what 2020 was like for you and your business. Uh, and we can we can start with with Dan. Um, well, beginning of 2020 was fantastic. You know, January, February, I was like doing my calculations. I was like, you know, we're we're definitely going to hit some some revenue markers that I, I'm really excited about. And I was even thinking, like, all right, in terms of like financial cycles, we're we're about twelve, eleven, twelve years from the financial crisis. There's something coming, but who's not going to need a dog walker, right? Well, I was super wrong, and my world crumbled around me on March 24th. I had to have a, we had a Zoom meeting with the staff and I, I made the call maybe like five minutes before. I'm, I'm literally crying in front of like 48 employees and letting them know, like, look, I don't know how long this is going to be, but we have to furlough the entire team. And it was awful. Um, lost my mind for a good week and was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then realized, okay, well, we got to figure out what we can do. So we, we pivoted. I was do I was still doing walks. We had a lot of clients who were immunocompromised, things like that, where they couldn't physically get their dogs outside. So I was doing walks seven days a week, but trying to figure out all different ways we could add revenue. So we started doing grocery delivery services, little things like that, anything that would work. Um, it didn't really help that much. But then, as the year, as once we got the PPP loan, I was able to put my management team back to work. We re, we overhauled everything. We were able to trim the fat bring back all the great employees. We didn't bring back some employees that weren't a good fit for the company anymore. We added dog training. We started a podcast. We started working with BuzzFeed. It's just been like 
mind blowing. So, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes when these awful situations occur, yes, in the moment it's terrible, but from a business perspective, I think what we've all collectively gone through, if you made it through, your business is coming out stronger. And I think we're definitely in a better position. And I'm super excited. Actually, a year to the day that we had to close the business, I signed the lease on our first brick and mortar location. We're going to be opening our first doggy daycare facility. So it's definitely been a year of ups and downs, but I, uh, I definitely am very happy with right. where we are at. Yeah. So. And, and Doug, you're, you're in Florida. What was your experience like through 2020? Uh, I got to say, I'm, I'm lucky to be in Florida. Um, we did go from six figures to zero overnight. And uh, like Dan said, I mean, I, I lost my mind for a solid week. I laid in bed just sobbing, not knowing what the future held for several days. Yep. And then um, that was about mid-March. And then by May, we were at 75%. And then by the end of the summer, we were busier than we had ever been again. and. Uh, I I just thankful to be in Florida uh, because of that <laughs> because I know a lot of the country didn't have uh, that um, that take on it. But uh, just like Dan said, I mean we we overhauled a lot of things. I rewrote all of our policies. Um, I actually started operating in some different areas under different brand names and uh, just re- redoing my. Uh, thoughts for the future a lot. Yeah. And Natasha, you are in a different part of the country where your business operates in DC, Maryland area. So what was it like for for you and your sitters? Yeah, for us, like we are near the White House, obviously. So everything is political. So we're used to shutting down, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) We've been here a couple of times and we're like, all right, we got to shut down. Congress can't make a decision. So it was a shocker to us and we prepared because again, we've had this happen to us before multiple times. Um, for me, I was pregnant and I don't work in any of my territories. I was just launching like our Texas territory. I'm like, great. we got like 20 clients now. We're good. We're getting walkers in there. Like, let's go ahead and push that forward. And my DC walkers, I have tons of walkers who, like Dan said, could be compromised, you know, they have asthma, you know, a lot of staff that are, you know, 50 plus. And I just was like, you know what, I will never do anything in my business that I wouldn't do myself. And with the uncertainty of the pandemic, like, I think it was around March, like 13th, 10th, that we were like, ah we don't really know what's happening. Let's just keep walking. Let's ride this out. And then like Dan said, towards like the 24th, it was like, no, we're shutting it down. And I actually let all my walkers decide. I said, Hey guys, like if it were me, my pregnant behind is not coming out there and doing this. What do you guys want to do? And they said, we're not about to die out here. So let's close it out. So that's what they decided. And I said, I respect it. I got your back. Let's close it. Let's write it out together and then let's go from there. So we ended up closing our doors for three months. It was not going to be like a swift recovery. Um, people asked me, like, did you want to open up sleepover to daycare and training? And I had, like, you guys heard my episode 59. I had done really hard work to scale all the way to dog walking and dog walking only. And I just wasn't prepared to open up anything else. But what I was prepared for is to be the inspiration that our industry has needed. So I leaned in harder to pet care coaching. Because I'm like, I was kind of made for this. I knew this was kind of may or may not have happened. Again, I was in the automotive industry with the recession. So a lot of these like sweep the rug under you have happened to me. (laughs) So 
I'm like, all right, I've been here again. I've been here in automotive. You know, we had no cars. We had a flood in Japan. We got no inventory coming. So I've seen a lot of this, but I really wanted to help our industry kind of guide through it because it was a mental test. Like, yeah, really. And for me to be pregnant and hormones are going wacko anyway. And I was just like, all right, guys, we're in here. Let's do it. Let's do a summit. Let's uh, get what we got. Right? I was like, let's just do the things and, and let's go. And our team will start working from home. They start helping me with some marketing stuff, some different initiatives virtually. And we jump back in in July. What I love about all three of your stories there is there was that series of what's going on, reassess the situation, and then start making changes and doing something different and start adapting to what was happening. And I think as an industry, we we all went, kind of went through that process. I don't know if it's really the cycle of grief or or whatever it was, but it was this resiliency that stuck in there. So I think a, a, a question I have for you all is, is what are you doing now that you weren't expecting to be doing? when 2020 started? <laughs> um, I, I don't think it was something that I wasn't expecting. I guess we were just so slammed. I never even thought about it, but like adding the dog training, um, opening the daycare, all these things that like have been, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. And we finally had time to do it. And the podcast, uh, that was the thing that like Maura was kind of like, we should just do this. And I was like, all right. Cause we actually bought the equipment before we even did it. I just thought somebody was selling it super cheap. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, at the beginning of this, I didn't know if we were going to be here. I was like, all right, well, there goes 11 years of my life. I got to go to vet school now and figure out how to pivot. But just the fact that we're here, I am like on days when I'm like getting stressed out and like worrying about things. I'm like, dude, a year ago, like this didn't exist. You weren't able to pay your rent. So like, honestly, it's just the fact that I'm here. I didn't know if that was going to be happening a year ago. So that I'm just incredibly grateful for. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more with that. I mean, I, <laughs> I did not expect to be sitting here um, with where we were in March of last year. I mean, I, I had the exact same feeling. There goes the last eight years of my life. What am I going to do now? I was looking into going to law school and all of these different options, trying to figure out what was next. And then surely enough, the clients came back. And I think that is just proof of how strong our industry really is and strong uh the strength of the connections that we are making with our clients and and in our overall communities and um that was really the big realization that i had throughout this whole thing is wow we really are all in this together we all have something to give um and we're doing ourselves and our entire community a disservice by not giving everything that we can in every instance. And I mean, that's why I started the making the YouTube videos and uh, doing other things like that. Was I just want to share everything that I know uh, that I've learned over the years with everyone. And then with all of that, I mean, our services completely changed also. Um, before the pandemic, we were very much like, we offer this, 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 and this, and we can make some tweaks here and there. But these are the offerings. And now we are really a lot more, um, you tell us what you need and we'll set a price for you and, uh, we'll make it happen. You know, we're here to help. We are the dog people. Um, and with, by, by making that transition, I mean, we're now offering 
nationwide pet transportation, um, traveling pet care all over the world, all of these things that a year ago, I mean, I never, ever once thought as a pet sitter and a dog walker that I could be driving dogs across the country. I mean, who would have thunk it? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I wish I could tell you guys some grand transformation for myself, but you guys know how I roll. I stick to my game plan. I never let off the gas. So it was just like, you know what, guys, let's just hunker down. Now, one thing I did do, however, is pivot a little bit more online. So we start rolling out like our puppy training sessions virtually, our online courses. And so same thing when I was in the recession in 08, I was like, oh, fool me once, won't fool me twice. So I'm like, what (laughs) other income streams do I have? that I can pivot online because I love dog walking. We love our membership program, but I'm like, what if they pull the rug again? Or what if, you know, again, I don't like someone to determine my income or how the flow operates. So I'm like, since we're pivoting it online and I see that this has now been an online economy, what can I do in the pet world? I obviously still have my online store. We launched that before this all happened. So that we leaned into, but I just realized through grooming and training has really been like, had a huge influx and they also stayed really consistent too. So they weren't so much affected. So I'm like, you know, Natasha, if you want to stay in the pet industry, maybe you can start partnering with different groomers and trainers to start offering online courses on your platform. And so through my connections and what I've been able to do and just me reaching out to people and just opening talks, I'm like, you know me, I'm not about to reinvent the wheel. So I was like, Hey groomer, you already have the process. Great. Let me go ahead and pay you to put it together. Uh, let's start promoting you and I'll do it through my stream. And they're like, it works great. And same thing, I've partnered with trainers to do the same the same idea. So mostly for me, it's been an online focus. How's that been going, by the way, the online course stuff? I love it. It is the best. I'm like, my whole team now is turning into online people. So where we used to go around and give out flyers to apartment complexes, now they've taken on my email strategy. So now they're doing a lot of like virtual stuff. They're like, we should have been doing this the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, people still want to see you. So you still got to go in there, (laughs) right? Yeah. But um, they've been really looking at the whole virtual thing too. And I've always talked to my team about my vision and how I've always wanted to expand in multiple states. That's never changed. So I got a lot of those like head honchos that stuck it out and showed the grit. And I'm like, you guys are going to have a territory. Where do you want to go? And one of my other guys is going to Austin this year. And I'm like, we'll pop it up in Austin. Let's go. We got nothing stopping us. That's amazing. Austin's a great city for dogs. I love Austin. It's such a great place. And I'm only two hours away in Houston. So, I mean, for me, those are the natural. um, Like in D.C., we took Maryland because we're right next door. We took Virginia right next door. So, you know, it it would have naturally gone from state to state closer. But because I transitioned to Texas with my family, it was like, all right, well, we're going to be over 1,400 miles away on this side. But we'll just build up from this (laughs) side. (laughs) So it kind of worked out that way. Actually, I have another question for you, Natasha. I'm sorry. Yeah. Quick thing. So you're expanding to all these other states. How how are you managing everything? Like, do you have managers on site at, in each territory? Is it are they independent contractors? Like do they have ownership of that, you know, territory, and then you do profit sharing. Like, what does that look like? 
Yeah. So we have all employees always, um, but we really empower our staff. So not like a head manager, we empower our staff to run their own operation. So anything that I can do, anybody on my team can do. They can answer calls, they can email, they can do meet and greets, they can onboard, offboard, they can do invoices, they can do follow-up. So we train people like even when you're with us at least six months, you can do every single thing that the business runs on. You guys may know that I'm all about automation. So we've already removed a lot of those like mundane administrative tasks anyhow. And so we do partner with the app Pocket Suite and they've been really great by building out our infrastructure the way that we need. Um, and they run their own clients through our app. We've never had an issue. They, they do the pre-meet and greet, they book, they pay, we show up. Pre-meet and greet, book, pay, we show up. They can update their notes, their schedule, and like there's no babysitting, which is really, really nice. And that's what I try to show the industry now that a lot of the things where you think you have to have your hand on, you really don't. As long as you show them what to do, they'll do it themselves and half the time even do it way better. And when you empower those people to to work with you, they become their own owner within themselves. Now, as far as pay structure, I always give one person a higher percentage. So we'll always have like that one guy, that one go-to, which you would consider them the general manager, but they don't do general manager tasks, but they know that if the book stops, it stops with them and they get a paid extra to have that role. Awesome. I may have to contact you to pick your brain because all that sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm like I'm like hiring sales managers right now. Additional I was there, Dan. I was that girl. I had a field manager. I had a marketing manager. I had an admin manager. I had an onboarding manager. And I was like, nobody can. I need walkers. That's what I need. I'm like, I don't need anyone to look cute in the in the background. I need someone that could jump in if they needed to, right? <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, how about you train them? Like they'll just go with you on their sh- on your regular shift, and they'll just start training while you're working, right? And they're like, yeah. And then we did it that way. It was like, there's no need to like go to a coffee shop and get all additional. It was like, this is a hands-on industry. Get in here. Yeah. See what we do. Do you agree? Do Is this something you would see yourself doing? You know, we get full transparency. And I'm like, I love it. Let's roll. And then I always share the vision. So we get on Zoom calls like this. I share my thoughts. I say, listen, guys, I want to grow out. I'm not a DC girl. I'm not a Maryland girl. I'm not a Texas girl. I need you guys to do this. What's are you game? And they're like, let's go. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. And then we do it. <laughs> it's, just, it's your people. You need them. How do you hold them accountable? Oh, our policies. It's black and white. That's the easy part. It is black and white on our sheets, like script by script by script. They all sound like Natasha at the end of the day. So that part is actually fairly, fairly easy. They always can go back in their app. Oh, hey, how do I do this? Or how do I reset a lockbox? Go in the lockbox policy, check it out. Oh, what do I do if the concierge is in there? Go to the concierge policy, read that. Like, it's not an owner's manual, which is this whole, like, crazy pamphlet. Then I can even talk yeah. a whole episode on that. It is nine... For us, it's nine. It's nine sheets. That is our everyday go-to questions. And we wrote those out on policies. They can grab those sheets in their software and read it on the spot, on the job. And we don't get a lot of questions. But if they do, we also look at work chat where we all chit chat and we still keep that camaraderie going. So we talk to our walkers in Texas and in DC and they're like, what are you guys doing? The same shit you're doing. It's just hot. It's just super hot. And you have better tacos. (laughs) It's just hot. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, yeah. they laugh about weather stuff, but we run the business the same. And I mean, that's like the franchise mentality. Although we're not a franchise, we still run all of our entities the same because that's how you can duplicate. It has to be the same. Okay. That's so you, it's similar to a franchise model, but you're not franchising. No, we're not franchising at all. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. I'm going to pick your brain after this. <laughs> <Okay>. Absolutely. <laughs> Have you heard about Time to Pet? Susan from the Pet Cal has this to say. Time to Pet has helped us grow exponentially. We believe the platform's features make us by far more professional than other companies who use conventional dashboards. They are the software gurus constantly developing and improving the platform based on user feedback. This decision was a good one. If you are looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Our listeners can get 50% off their first three months by going to timetopet.com forward slash confessional. Well, and, and Natasha, you brought up several good points there. And, and there's actually one of the topics I want to talk about for the future of pet care was the role of technology, because a lot of the things that you were discussing there and how you run and how you're able to do those things are powered by the back end of the advancement in technology. And I think one of the things, at least that I saw through last year, was we, as an industry and as a country, I feel like advanced 10 years in how we were comfortable with using technology and allowing it in our homes and, and working with it. And I think in ways that we, we never thought we would. And so I think that's a real big positive. But you know, moving forward, where, where does that lead? Where does the, the advancement in the use of technology in our businesses play a role for us and how we manage it? and how we interact with our clients. Totally. So I love automation, guys. I think people think about automation as like this robot that steals jobs and like you're at Walmart in the checkout aisle and there's like no person, you're stuck, right? They're like, oh, there's no human element to this. But in automation, you automate the things that you do every single day So the human element can speak stronger when it's necessary. So if I know that I have 15 questions I have to answer or that I need in order to get you in my system, I have 15 questions I need from every single person. Why wouldn't I just automate that process and let the client speak through those questions on the app? Instead, they do it the old school Natasha way that I would show up with my whole meet and greet. And I was like, I got to do my sales pitch and I got to, you know, they like me and I got to, you know, get, get build a trust relationship and have a good time. And my meet and greet would be like 45 minutes long. And I'm like, okay, there's got to be a better way. And anyway, is the client had already decided to book me anyways before I got there. So it was never, you know, my personality that even decided for the customer to use us. So I said, you know what, instead of me bringing out all the stops and and taking up too much of my energy, why don't I automate that onboarding process? Let the clients fill out all the pertinent information that I need. So now anybody in my business, the person who gets sweaty palms when they talk to people, anybody can go in because they know that I'm just going to go in. I'm going to have fun with the dog. I'm going to take a couple pictures of the foyer, the cleaning supplies, and where the lockbox is. We're going to put that in our app. And whoever comes to the home is going to see the same information. And so now our meeting grades are literally like 10 minutes. And the clients are like, wonderful. Yeah, they already got everything. I filled all the forms out. You guys got it. Here's a photo of the lockbox. We add that to the notes. Like, here's our foyer. So I personally like to snap a photo of the foyer and the cleaning supplies and where they keep the crate. Because when I'm like overseas, which I was traveling before, I like to visually see in my pictures on the phone of like each home a little bit. 
Um, and then I also, when clients ask for their lockbox back, I have a photo of actually where it's sitting. And so I usually give that photo back to the client. I say, hey, right behind your house, here's the picture. And they're like, perfect, right? So you've got to scale some of those things, but you can put it right into your software um, and you can duplicate it. So using the tools you have to just do the things that you do every single day. Again, if you're saying the same thing, doing the same thing, that means you can most likely automate it. And if you are doing something extra, you should automate that too, because now that's come up. <laughs> so you're like, okay, how do we do that part? Um, the only thing that I really do that's high touch is I do my quarterly phone calls. So I will do the three-day phone call when we get a new client, and then I'll do the quarterly phone call. And they know that the doors are open. They can call us if they need anything. Um, and then about three months, I'll check in again. And we get reviews at that time. We get referrals at that time. We build brand ambassadors at that time. We make friends at that time. So we really get our clients invested in our business as a whole as well. Um, but they're not even expecting me to call. They're not expecting me to be all in their business, right? They're like, you guys do an amazing job. Which more do you want from me? And I'm like, nothing. Have a good day. <laughs> so- <laughs> I definitely agree with you, though, on the technology front. Like, I'm a big believer and if it could be done by a computer don't waste man hours on it because that stuff could be spent you know paying attention to clients checking in on the employees making sure things are running smoothly i think like in terms of robotics we're maybe 35 40 years maybe away from autonomous units that are going to be living in people's homes um i mean just look at the the scale the way tech, like the phone technology changed in the last 20 years like remember Razor phones from like 2000, 2001, you could launch a missile from this thing. Like this has more computing power than the computer <laughs> they used to right. put us on the moon back in the 60s. So like, you know, I, I think there, you know, there was that robot in 2011 that likes to walk someone's dog. I think 30, 40 years from now, we are going to start seeing that. But I think it's going to be similar to the whole thing where, you know, if a client makes over a certain amount of money, there's a very good chance they have live-in help or 24-hour help. They're, those people are the ones who are taking care of the dogs. So a lot of the, I don't think it's going to affect us directly as much, but in terms of the technology and stuff, like I think more and more companies and on the consumer side, they're definitely expecting, you know, can I just use an app? Like for me, if I have to order food and I got to call somebody and then I got to grab my credit, what? Ew, gross. I'm not gonna, like, I literally won't order from restaurants and it's horrible. Like I've worked in the restaurant industry I know how awful it is with Grubhub, but like, I'll go on Grubhub and if I can't order, I'm like, all right, I'll just get from somewhere else. It's it's the convenience that people want. Like, that's why we're building our software platform, just because I know exactly what I want and I know that it's it's integral to us being able to scan. Like Natasha's talking about, automate as much as you can. Like my managers joke, like, hey, once the software is done, are we gonna have a job? I'm like, yeah, we're gonna be super fucking busy. Like, of course you're gonna have a job. <laughs> But like, it's going to automate, you know, all of our client onboarding. It's going to automate employee reviews. It's going to employee calls out. It's going to redo the schedule. Like it's going to do so many amazing things that currently when it happens, it's like, oh crap, I got to deal with this. And just, I think for the industry as a whole, people need to double down on technology. They need to automate things. They need to anticipate where stuff is going, like focus on social media. But I personally... I feel pretty confident working with social media. TikTok's the one thing where I'm just like, I'm old. I don't get it. Like we will make beautifully edited content, stuff that we like took days to plan 
And then like a stupid clip of a bird will, will like go viral. I'm just like, I don't get it. This is the one platform that just doesn't make sense to me. But like, even if it doesn't just put stuff out there, like you got to keep going with this stuff. Cause like, these are all digital storefronts, you know, people like main street is now online. People used to walk through a community and they'd be able to see your business. Now you could do that online. And like anybody who's not capitalizing on that, it's like you're giving up on so many amazing opportunities, like get on here. And if you're not good at it, find somebody who can. I mean, like you can, everything you need is right here. This is all you need. Get on fiber, go on upward. You have some of the most amazing talent globally. And you could be working with people over wherever that are at a much more competitive rate. There's just so many amazing things technology should be used for in our industry. And also from a safety perspective, like all these great collars and stuff like that, the focus on health and wellness, these trackers, there's just so many things that I think are going to be just kind of tying into like the pet industry ecosystem that eventually you're going to see like, you know, your door is going to unlock because the dog's collar has an RFID in it or some, or Bluetooth or something like that. Like there's so many things that I think are coming to this industry. And I don't think this is slowing down unless all of a sudden, like some virus is only transmitted through dogs. I don't see this going away. I don't see our industry like declining in terms of at least in our lifetime. So, but yeah, double down on tech for sure. Yeah, that is so true. That is so, so true. I love what you said about hiring people that are good at the things that you're not good at. That has been the key to my business because I knew nothing about nothing when I started and I've hired just people that knew more than me. And that has been key to everything. And uh, technology just ties, ties into all of that. I mean, the entire world is becoming more reliant on technology in every industry, every age bracket, every country it's happening around us. So to not capitalize on that, on every turn that we can. I mean, we would just be doing ourselves a huge disservice. And then, and I mean, we talk about the apps a lot and and a lot of businesses are using apps for scheduling and payment and stuff like that. But bringing in those other technology uh, products into the pet industry and into our services as pet sitters and dog walkers, I think is going to be huge in the future. You mentioned the RFIDs and the collars. You know, you have the litter boxes that clean themselves now. You have uh, smart feeders. You have the cameras that can throw treats. I mean, if we can figure out how to incorporate all of these different things in a pet sitting package, I mean, that is the way of the future. I agree. I always hear people say like, I've been in business for 20 years. I've been in business for 30 years. I'm like, listen, if you've been in business for 20 or 30 years or 10 plus years, you got to stay relevant. Like it's not the 30 year business that I'm afraid of. It's like Dan said, the TikToker, the Gen Z that I'm like putting out all this policies, right? I'm all, I'm all old with my policy self. And the Gen Zer kicks out a freaking dog licking somebody's toe. And they're like, oh, I love that company. I want to go with them. That's just how 
crazy pop culture is happening. So you can put in this longevity and you can be stuck in your ways, but you got to evolve. You got to hire the people who know more than you or, or that are are in those zones of genius. So you can sit back and be like, you know what? You, you follow the trends. Do you babe? That's you. Let me know how that works. I'll be back here. And that's why I try to talk to like dog walkers and pet sitters all the time about like, utilizing people because you cannot grow without the minds of others. Even if you're in a mastermind and and taking in all these tips or like get a four way round table like us, we're already, we're already plotting like, Hey, I'm going to see what Doug's doing. Let me see what Dan's doing. We get the opportunity to pick at each other. How amazing is that? But if you're not in these communities or you're not using staff to kind of help you grow, your mind is only going to take you so far. And if you're still trying to figure things out by yourself, it's really a painful road. I I was so guilty of that too when I first started. (laughs) I was such an arrogant little shit. I thought I knew. Oh, like I wish I could go back and scream at 22 year old me. I was awful. I thought I was like God's gift to business. I was like, I'm going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg. And then I wasn't. I was like, why didn't everything happen the way I wanted to? I started hiring people. You know, like my goal is I would like to be the dumbest person in the room Mm. at board meetings. I want to have it. Everyone around me is smarter. And I can be like, okay, what do we do here? What do we do here? I mean, that's how most of my management team came to be. Like Moro, who I do the podcast with, he's my media director. He started off as a dog walker and he was like, oh, I can edit videos. I was like, great, get in my car. We're going to Best Buy right now. We bought a GoPro. We've been making videos together ever since. Like, I definitely agree with what Natasha was saying too with that is like, you know, find out what your team does. Like part of the interview process with us is like, we ask, what are you interested in? Like, how, like yeah, we obviously know you're here because you want to work with dogs. What's stuff that you like doing? And sometimes we'll, like I, my guy who does my social, all of our ads for social now, he started off as a dog walker. Like there's just so many amazing people that and getting into these networks. Cause I only got into these Facebook groups, maybe like three or four years ago. And I was like, Oh my God, there's other people who deal with this nonsense. Same. They understand what I'm dealing with. And it was like, it was amazing. So like anyone who's listening, if you're not in these Facebook groups or if you're in them and you're not participating, ask questions. I'm happy to answer stuff. I know everyone here is super happy to answer stuff, but like, use the community like oh my god a hundred percent it's so so valuable i think what's key there is that um we're listening to the community and we're looking to others because i think when in our business and we're talking a lot about change and technology here and i think the first reaction is to go okay what do my clients want let me go talk to them and see what they want but i think what's important to realize is that your clients don't know what they want they they're going to take what you what you present to them right and i'm reminded of the example of Microsoft and IBM of the 90s, who only kept going asking the database centers and the nerds about what they wanted in their laptops. And that's why many of them still have like VGA connectors and five and a half inch floppies, right? Whereas like, they failed to advance, because they kept meeting those needs. Right. So, yeah. so how do we as a business take that in, in looking forward? How do we make these changes in technology? And, and do it without the fear of losing people and leaving them behind? I can tell you one thing I do. So so we all know that it's a lot of us don't like to hire because the only thing that the client can really feel while they're at work or when they're at vacation is that post-walk report. Can I get an amen? If you kill the post-walk report, that instantly determines like, oh, they were a really good pet sitter. They were a really bad pet sitter. No, your dog equally loved these people the same. 
But in a client perspective, the bubbly, giddy, happy, tell the whole laundry story is always the star versus the other guy that's like, listen, I see this dog every single day. It was a great look. Come on. Right. But these people, you don't take the characteristics or the character of the human any different. Right. So for me, I had a scale. I realized that somebody in the early pet industry, we didn't have all this technology. So they came up with the postwalk report. I was like, they came up with it because there was no technology. So we used to write reports on papers and notebooks to let them know what's going on. Well, now, just like Time to Pet has a checklist, Precise has a checklist, Doggy Logs has a checklist. I'm like, the client wants you to refresh the water every single time. No. The client wants you to feed the dog every single time. No. The client wants you to wipe the paws every single time, right? So why can't you write that all in the checklist, check, 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 add a photo that everything was done and hit send with some epic photos? Spend more time with the picture versus writing this like essay that you don't want to write anyway. If you set the client up to get the checklist from day one, like client said, the client gets what you have already done. But if you go to the photo mode and a great report and then you go to the checklist, you're like, whoa, what just happened? But for clients who start and never had a dog walker and have got the checklist, mm-hmm. looks perfect. It's very pretty. I have emojis on mine. It has photos to match. And they're like, I love you guys. And I was like, see, my walkers are dying laughing because they were like, this is never going to work. We can never pull this off. And I was like, watch. And we start pulling it off and they were like, God dang it, girl, it is working. I'm spending less time in these homes thinking of random stuff to talk about, (laughs) like random words to say. They're like, check, 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 photo, photo. And now they're like, I use some extra photo editing apps to make it look even better versus like trying to, you know, be Shakespeare. We're just not. We're dog people. (laughs) So That's where I use my technology to start. And it is literally been a game changer. I definitely, I agree. Like one of the things I panic about constantly, I, I mean, I'm just a super anxious depressed guy to begin with, but I was so nervous about making changes and I was so nervous about making everybody happy. You're never going to make everybody happy. There's always going to be that one person who's not happy with this or not happy with that. And like, you know, if they're a great client, make an exception for them, you know, find a way to make it work. Cause like, one of the, I will say this is completely unrelated. This is one thing that drives me absolutely insane on the Facebook groups is people complaining about a client booking last minute. Oh, why did he Because we're a fucking dog walking company. That's why they're booking and something happened. Life happened. Stop complaining about it. It's your business. Be happy you're getting clients. It makes me so in, like, I will start to respond to it. And, like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I am all about the community being able to vent about stuff. Do not complain about getting business. Stop it. Stop it. Be grateful. Okay. Rant over. And so, then just, just we, add a fee to it. <laughs> exactly. I charge 10 bucks. It's an extra $10. Great. You need a last minute walk at night for 10 minutes. That's going to be a $35 walk. Boom, we just pocketed an extra 20 bucks. Nothing, no issue. So I get it. I understand sometimes it's stressful, but figure out a way to make it work. There's a lot of money to be made. Um, don't, like Natasha was saying, don't overthink it. Like, try new things. Uh, like, the phrase I love the most, and I don't always adhere to it done is better than perfect. If you try for perfection, you're never going to get it because it's not a real thing. Perfection isn't real. Um, 
you just keep trying. You know, I'm a big fan of build, measure, learn. You, you try something, you put it out there, you get feedback. Okay, this worked, this didn't work, tweak it. But like, you know, we're starting to look into actually putting GPS trackers on every dog that we take out. So we just pop it on them. It's, it's part an insurance policy. Knock on wood, we haven't had a dog get away from us in a very long time. The off chance that it does get away, boom, they're trackable. We're going to be using RFID collars in the daycare. So the doors lock automatically. If the dog has that collar on, they physically can't get out of the building. We're trying to implement as, you know, like Doug was talking about too, like any way you could tie in any aspect of like the whole IoT world, like the Furbo, I was thinking about adding that as like a little extra thing. We pop it in the house for when the client's away, we give them access to it. Boom, boom, boom. You could send your dog a treat and charge them like, I don't know, 50 bucks for the week or something like that. There's so many cool pieces of technology out there that are going to tie in. And this stuff's only going to keep building because I think within the next 10 years, we're going to see, you know, you guys have seen Weebly, Wix, Squarespace, these sites that make it very, very manageable for somebody who doesn't have coding skills to make a website. We're going to start seeing that with APIs and, you know, we have it with Zapier where you can connect all these platforms. I think you're going to see a Squarespace or a Weebly or a Wix within the IoT community being able to find ways to connect these different things. So connecting the dog collar, connecting all, you know, the bowl, this, that, like, and educate yourself. Go look at all these blogs and look at new stuff coming out. Like, you should be constantly consuming new information about technology and trying to find different ways. That and accepting crypto, which we are going to start doing. Um, so we're going to start doing Dogecoin just because why not? Um, but we're also going to start accepting Ether and Bitcoin just because I want to bump my holdings up. But, you know, I think those kinds of things are going to be more and more adopted. You know, you're starting to see big banks are looking into it, but like, there's just so much cool stuff happening right now. And like find little ways and like chances are with the crypto stuff, most of my clients aren't going to pay us in crypto, but I guarantee you we'll get some local press. And that's one of those things where it's like, you know, show that you're on the cutting edge, show that you are using these pieces of technology to make your business stronger. And yeah, at the end of the day, it might not make a tremendous difference, but you know, like Natasha's saying, all they see sometimes is that report at the end of the visit. You want them to see the different steps you're taking as a business to improve what you're trying to do. And it's constantly educating people and putting that information out there. Yeah, utilizing that technology in, in as, as many ways as you can is like the easiest way to prove what we are doing. And if clients don't have a question about what you're doing, then they're definitely going to keep using you. Uh, we talked about this the other day in the pet CEO group um, for client retention. I mean, it all fits together. Um, and educating yourself, paying attention to what is going on, not only in our own industry, but in the entire world around us is absolutely vital to being a CEO, being an entrepreneur, growing your pet business. Um, and I mean, using those, utilizing those Facebook groups is a perfect way to do that, just with an insight into our own industry. Um, I think about when I started in my business, you know, there were no Facebook groups. There were none of this stuff existed. And 
it, I, I can't even imagine where my business would be today if I had access to those resources back then. Um, and I think that's why we're seeing so much progression in the industry right now. Think about how many businesses that didn't have a website or didn't use an app or were just technologically uh, in the dark age that came into the light in the last year because of the pandemic. I mean, it's because we're all listening to each other in these groups and we're communicating with each other and it's just building, 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 and it's going to move faster and faster and faster. Um, I think it's beautiful. I love it. I, a lot of people are scared of this change, but I think it is absolutely the way of the future and, and we've got to pioneer this shit. Yeah, I, I agree with that a hundred percent, but don't be scared. Lean into it. Change. Exactly. Change is good. And it's also always going to happen. So get on board or have anxiety. Technology and things are becoming a lot more accessible, not just to our clients, but to ourselves. You know, Dan, you mentioned Squarespace. So the ability to have this amazing website that you can build yourself with no coding. You mentioned Zapier, which I think uh, all of you use in your businesses to connect multiple things together so that they're talking to each other and you can shift documents from one thing to another. Uh, Dan, you said the IoT. I feel like I have to do a dictionary here of IoT. That's Internet of Things, the interconnectedness of, (laughs) of all these items. And what we're able to do with that, and what I'm hearing this, is it's kind of slightly starting to change the not just the services that we're offering, but what a service means. Definitionally, what does a pet sit mean? What does a dog walk mean? We're able to change the definition of those services because of these added on things. So, you know, let's go in that direction for a little bit. What does a dog walk look like? What does a pet sit look like? What do these services, what do you think those look like? 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road? I think one of the things we're going to see um, body cams are going to get cheaper. Um, that's something that I've thought about for a long time. Right now, I think it's cost prohibitive, but I think having body cams. So, you know, if you want to stream the walk directly to the client, a little tiny camera that they could stick on, you know, 10 years from now, cameras, look at how, like, the, what you can take with a phone now is unbelievable and camera technology is getting better and better and better i think you know that's going to be one thing is full transparency i I think that is hugely important it protects everybody protects you know the client it protects the employee it makes sure that you know they're held accountable and you know we've had the occasional accusation oh so and so stole this from my house okay well how do you know that do you have cameras do you have proof of that you know do you want to file a police report and a lot of times it's just accusations. Unfortunately, sometimes it'll just be based on prejudice and not great circumstances. I'm a big believer in that transparency. So being able to have it where everything is documented is a really good way to kind of protect the company. And obviously, there's things to figure out in terms of privacy issues and stuff like that to figure out how do you hide that information. But I think that's going to be huge. Or drones that can just follow people. Like we've done drone check-ins on our staff before. Um, like if they're within a few miles of the office, I'll just put in where they are, drop in on down and I'll just check, like I'll send them screen, like a screenshot. Hey, so you're on your phone, put your phone away. You shouldn't have your phone out during a walk, things like that. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more tech use of technology, making it easier for us as business owners. Cause like Natasha, I have like anxiety just with the way you, you obviously have figured it out, but the way you operate your business, I'm like, how? How does everything, what if, what if it's like, so for somebody like me who is, I'm a bit overbearing and I 
be a very a little bit intense with how I like things done. Right. I think a lot of cool technology is going to exist allowing us to do that. Um, I also think that, you know, we uh, we just had uh, Andrew Gill on the podcast. They have this great new dog collar that is currently what it's doing is it interprets the emotional state of your dog based on the bark. Now, of course, some people hear that like, oh, that's kind of a useless idea. but Situations like, you know, if you're doing an overnight and the dog is barking aggressively, which is, you know, this is going to come after millions and millions of barks have been documented. You're going to have that technology that can notify like, hey, this, the dog is barking in a really abnormal way. It could send an alert to the homeowner. It could be linked into the security system or from, a, this isn't for walks, but this is on the medical side. You know how they have dogs that you could train them to, they could detect seizures before they happen. So if a dog can detect it, notify medical personality, this is life-saving stuff. There, there's so many amazing, cool new pieces of technology that we're going to be seeing, I think, in the next decade that are going to allow it to be a little bit easier for us to do our jobs and manage our businesses. But I think the biggest thing is going to be the quality of life for pets and little pieces of technology along the way that are really going to help streamline things and also educating pet owners, because that's another huge thing that we all deal with is making people understand like, hey, it's not great to give your dog table food because not only is your dog morbidly obese, borderline becoming a diabetic and making sure people know like, you know, the different ways they need to do things. But I think at least for me, sometimes I forget, not everyone obsesses over all the ins and outs of caring for pets. And I'm like, well, why don't you know this? And I'm like, oh, they have jobs and kids and lives and things to, you know, focus on <laughs> other than obsessing over this stuff. But I think... um Technology is going to continue to play a bigger role in all the things that we do. And if you don't want to have that, I'm sure there's going to be a space for more analog type businesses. Um, but I think you're going to start seeing the technology resulting in companies getting bigger and having a further reach. So you're going to start seeing your, I don't want to say Walmarts of pet care, but that, I mean, like my goal is to be national. I want this, I want to have you know, a location in every single state. Like I think just the same way you guys do, we want to raise the bar in terms of what is expected when it comes to pet care. Because, you know, when I started the business, people kind of laugh like, Oh, you're going to go walk dogs. And like, even I didn't realize what, like my goal was to make as much as a vet tech would make. And now, you know, we're a multi-million dollar company and I, I never expected to become that. I think our industry is just going to continue to grow and with the growth comes more money being dumped into R&D and all this different tech that's going to play a huge part, I think, in our day-to-day operations. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's literally the way to grow. When people think about like, oh, I don't want to do this. Is this the only way to grow? Is this the only way to grow? You just have to be okay with trying new things. Like when I, so my story is I had a dog walker before I became a dog walker. So I am the client, Right. And I was always trying to tell him like how he could reinvent this and he could offer this and, you know, this apps are out here for you to do this and you could really put me in the experience. And he's like, yeah, no, you know, I'm cool. Right. And so when I came out on the scene, there was no official pet care, like GPS tracker, or there was no like track the miles or the steps. So I just used Matt, my walk, like I'm from Maryland under armors here. I knew Matt, my walk had a really cool app and I could just, map my walk with the client. I would email them the report with the pictures and like, we, we got shaggy. So sometimes not even having the technology, but being 
okay to lean into it a little bit is great. Just like when Dan said the whole body cams, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to elevate it right now. We have a GoPro. We could totally record the experience right now and save it in a data file. So if anything were to happen, we always have a record. You know, we even maybe save our records for a year and then, you know, archive them. But hey, why not? Why not start doing it now? Go ahead and use your GoPro, save the data, save it for a year or after the pet sit's done, and then discard it. If anything comes out, you have the, the body footage. Um, and you can also give them a video of the whole experience. So you're like, hey, do you want to see what a day in a life with Bentley's like? Click here. And I think as we go into our industry, like people are going to be like, I don't want just a picture. I want to actually lean in and hit the button and go with you. Like, Yep. So I do think there's pros and cons to technology. And for me, I'm always like, let's not entertain the cray also. Because even like the daycare centers with the body cam, I mean, with the daycare cams and clients can say like, my dog's in the corner. My dog doesn't yeah. look happy. It's like, what are you talking about? They were just playing for two hours. They're having the best time. So we can also use technology to entertain a little bit of client's anxiety. So I definitely um, recommend people kind of pick and choose where you put it and what you empower because clients don't need to see everything. But you as a client, you have a backup in case there is a question that you can bring to the surface. Um, But in general, you also want to make sure if you're going to offer something that you're going to be supply and demand and you're going to continue to keep it consistent. Because I see that all the time. Well, if the client asks and I'll do it. If they ask and I do it. And I said, well, what's your boundary of when a client asks, you'll do it? Like, what's your policy? Like, when do you stop? When do you start? Like, what do you stand for? Um, and that happens a lot that people come out of their comfort zone because someone else is making them when they haven't really mentally caught up. And then they kind of get lost with their whole client experience conversion. Like they're like, I really don't know the client experience. They call me, I show up. I'm not really sure, you know, my, my day-to-day income, but I'm doing well. I'm not working at a day job anymore. So I must be okay. You know, and it's like, no, there's, there's numbers, there's tracking, there's, there's apps where you can always know where you are, how much you can pay people, how much you can save, how much you can put away for another COVID scenario. So it's not just the experience, but also managing your business. You also use apps. I run my entire company on my cell phone. I have this cheapest HP computer who just dropped up dead on me today. And I'm like, I need you anyway. I use my phone. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's just like, make it easier for yourself. I never want to hear burnout ever in life. I don't even know what that means. So someone says I'm burnt out, I'm tired, I'm driving myself crazy. Okay, well, we need to dig deep because there is more than enough resources out here for you to streamline your whole business and to relax. So what do we need to get you on? I'm glad that we're having this round table because I feel like these kind of conversations let new people understand and then old providers understand like the industry is moving differently. Like all the things that you used to think that it was or all the things that you used to feel is not the same. The client is a more educated client now. They're using these systems. So they're looking at you like, well, I just do this. So you want me to fill out this paper form? Did you literally Uh. just print out a clipboard situation with me right now? Because like, I can just go to my kid's daycare and like, just check them in. Like, so you guys got to get that. And when your clients start telling you how to run your business and giving you tips, it's not from endearment. It's from a place of like, come on, honey, you could do better. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the pen and paper. This is a constant argument we have in my office. Like I let the managers, they, they have their own systems for keeping their notes. Like if they're on a call, 
But like anytime they try, I'm like, what do you, what do you hate trees? Do you just hate the environment? What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of digital, digital, digital. Yeah, there's no reason for people to be printing anything in today's day and age. I mean, even if you do print it, you're probably going to lose it or a dog's going to step on it or pee on it or something. Exactly. I mean, just stop, just stop. <laughs> And yeah. I was I was reading over some stuff from the American Pet Products Association uh, this morning, and they said that like 31% of consumers in our industry are millennials. Um, and I think that is huge because millennials expect fast service. They expect to be utilizing every bit of technology. They expect you to be progressing. They're going to be paying attention to whether or not you are progressing. Um, all of this stuff is expected. I mean, that is a huge, that's a third of our market right there. I, we've got to pay attention to who our clients are and what they are expecting out of us and, and out of our entire industry. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up, Doug, because you know, 2020 saw the largest uh, collection of people getting pets for the first time, many of them, and they were right and square in this millennial demographic. I was reading over some stuff and they were saying there's around 130 million pets in the U.S. right now. And and of those, most of their owners actually view them as a family member, right? And and Natasha, you mentioning, I can check my kid in at daycare by, I, that's how we check ours in when they go to school. I scan an app, <laughs> a QR code, and I click yes, and they're allowed in. So how does that affect these client expectations, these client behaviors, when we've got so many pets that are viewed as family members, what do, what do I as a business owner need to be doing to be meeting their needs? You've got to roll out the client experience. Like I think Doug hit it on the head the other day talking about keeping up with the Joneses. It's like everybody wants to like sing the praises of their providers, whether it's the guy cutting the grass, the guy fixing the plumbing, the person coming to the house. Like we all want to be like, yeah, I got these really amazing people who helped me. They make my life crazy easy. And I can't tell you more about them. That's how they refer because they love you so much. So when you understand that you're coming in as part an extension of the family to be like the dog manager, like are we consider ourselves the dog manager? We're like, we're the dog's entourage, stand by, we're coming in. And so when they're like, oh, I'm sick and you can't come in and we we have this going on, I said, you stay in bed because the dog knows that the entourage is coming. Mm. And so clients are going to be expecting now that we are already in the know and we're keeping up with what they know. Like if they're on TikTok and we're not, they're like, what do you mean? We just literally saw the dog parade just happen. Like, where were you? You're right. <laughs> you gotta yeah. know what they know. And if your consumers are smarter than you, you start losing them. And that's what I've noticed throughout all my careers over the years is that you cannot allow your consumer to be smarter than you. The moment you do you lose the perspective of respect and that's when they start changing that dynamic of how much they should charge or what they should pay you because they start to be like you know what sales is an experience and so if you yeah. roll up the red carpet for me it doesn't even matter what price tag you put on that it's like i know when i go to bentley i'm getting champagne okay and i know that i'm gonna pay for that experience but when i go to kia it's gonna be like congratulations on your first car here's the keys so if you roll out the experience for clients and treat their dogs like gold and royalty, it doesn't matter what your rates are. It doesn't matter 
the tag. And then now you can provide a lifestyle for not only yourself, your family, but generational succession, which people really don't talk about in the pet business. I'm like, what happens to generational succession? What's your succession plan when you're no longer here? Like Dan says, he wants to be nationwide. Well, most of us are just beating ourselves down to just close out the day. So what does this all look like for the clients? You just let all these clients go out to the wilderness when you no longer can handle anymore? Or do you implement some of these technology to where you can sustain yourself and keep the hard work that you put out to be evergreen? I I also think, you know, with what you're saying, it's sometimes people are afraid or, and I get it, you know, financial stresses can be awful, but I've spoken to a number of people in the last year. And I thought, you know, one of the big things we do is the car wrap. Just seeing the brand constantly in the community, it, it, it really kind of puts that trust into your company. So like people need to be a little bit more comfortable with like investing into their business because yeah, it's a little scary. It might be two grand, three grand, you'll make that money back. And it's like, it's really about like Natasha's saying, end to end. I want that. I want every single touch point with our company to be, holy shit, that was a dog walking company. Like I want, when we open our daycare, I want people to walk in and be like, I would actually sleep here. I would stay here myself. Like that is always the experience you should be gunning for. And like, it doesn't matter if you're a 250 person operation or, or a one person show, you should be, you should always be pushing to raise that bar. Like see what your competitors do. I, I do that probably once a year. I, I make a fake email and I go and sign up for my competitor services and I see what they do. I want to see what my competition is doing. I also want to know what's happening in the market. But I think being able to do all these little things that really do make a difference from the customer experience side. Like, you know, we started doing the, the first like real media content we did was these GoPro videos. And it's, we had this awful, I, I still hear the background music it was the same song. We did like 250 of these videos and it would be, you take the GoPro, you put it on a stick and you get four separate shots. I'd give it to Moro. He edited them. We would make a little page on the website. We write a little bit about the visit. We send it to the client. That client then sends that page, shares that page all over social media, little things like that. So just constantly trying to evolve and find different ways to grow the customer experience. Like I've been seeing this with, I know Docs is constantly pushing these boxes. I love them. I'm actually, I signed up with them and uh, we just started yesterday. We're doing some rebranding and I'm having internal panic attacks about somebody touching my logo, but that's a whole other issue. But doing stuff like that, being able to give, deliver, you know, the bereavement boxes that we do, they're not crazy expensive, but people remember that stuff. It's really, you know, what is it? What do they say? It's not about um, how you make somebody feel or it's not about how you acted. It's, It's not about how you acted. It's about how you made somebody feel. That is so important. You need, you know, again, like I say this all the time. This is, you know, no disrespect to plumbers, carpenters, electricians. We're not coming in and doing work on your home. We are caring for a part of your family. And if you can't remember that with every aspect, you know, if a client's stressing out about things, they're trying to get in contact with you and they seem angry, they're worried. Like you need to anticipate where someone's coming from in that customer service process. And if someone's upset, there's a good chance there might be external things going on. Or if you made a mistake, be transparent. Make sure that like the client knows what's going on. Like I remember, I, you know, I made a bunch of mistakes when I first started my business. But every single bad review I've gotten, 
I know exactly, like to this day, I'm like thinking of them. I remember, like I, I've won from 2012 where there was a stupid mistake and I still remember that. And those things really will stay with you, but like you gotta be open to changing and evolving and making sure that whatever it is you are doing, that you are always keeping the customer in mind. And yeah, there's going to be stuff that your customers don't even know they want yet. And that's our job to bring them that experience. But you always got to be customer centric, you know, like sometimes the customer is not always right, but most of the time they are. And you really want to keep that in mind with all the things that you're doing every now and then you're going to get somebody where I'm like, mm, no, not that. <laughs> but overall, just staying customer centric is so incredibly important. Yeah. I mean, it, that's an understatement. That's an understatement. It all comes back to that, that relationship that you and your team and your business, your brand has with these people, not only with your, your clients, but your overall community, because everyone sees what is going on, whether they're using your business and your services or not. And you've got to have this cohesive, positive, amazing interaction on every single front, every single day, no matter what. You've got to remember yeah. that the they're not customers. They are they're family. You know, you develop a bond and a relationship or your team does with their pets. They're, you're in their home. They are a part of your family and and you are a part of theirs from day one. And uh, I, I, I tell all of my clients that in the meet and greet that we're family now. <laughs> we are family now. And literally, <laughs> I have had Thanksgiving dinner at a client's house two years, actually. And building those types of relationships is one of my favorite parts of our industry. And what we do is how many jobs are out there in the world where you get to Form those types of connections. It's almost unheard of. I mean, I've certainly never worked in another industry where I, I got to build these types of bonds with people. I think it's such a beautiful thing. And I mean, moving forward in our industry, I think it's so important to be educated. And like you said, you know, never let your clients be smarter than you are on on your services and in the, in the pet world, you've got to stay up to date. And, and the, the more educated you are, the more of a resource that you're going to be to them, the more they're going to trust you, um, the more that you can charge, you know, it all goes together. I think it's, that is so important. And our consumers are a lot more educated now than they used to be. Um, they, I, I was looking at statistics and pet supplements um, have gone through the roof. The sales on pet supplements have gone through the roof in the last year. And that, that just goes to show you that clients are educating themselves more about what their pet needs, uh, biologically, medically, what is in the dog food, all of these little things that no one even talked about 10, 15 years ago. Now there's an entire subsection of our industry based around this stuff. It's, it's so important just to be a part of that and, and share that with your clients. Very true. I have a saying in my communities, we create the beast. And so every time somebody has a client complaint, I said, you created the beast. You either didn't vet them in the beginning and let them know that this was not what you're looking for, 
or you let things go by, by, by throughout your process where things didn't come up, you didn't set the client expectation and the client was expecting something that was not what you offer or what you do. And so every time we're like, these clients are crazy. I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. It's because they expect to be treated in service a certain way. And if you're withholding information from them or giving them a half policy or semi meeting, I mean, a semi service agreement that doesn't really explain all your policies, they're not making a fully educated decision when they go to hire you. And then there's flags that pop up later. You created that beast and you want to keep that in mind. It really helps us humble ourselves to be able to be fair on both sides, but to also say, listen, these were my policies. They're black and white. You have a copy. You definitely don't want to be the policy police. I talk about that all day long. That nobody likes the policy police. Like per our policy, per our policy, even if your policy is correct, nobody wants that approach. Okay. You got to be like, listen. Yeah. I'm sure you got a lot of paperwork in the beginning. You may have overlooked our line five where we talk about that we work as a team and you're going to have anybody in our staff come to your home, right? You want to be able to reference back to somewhere in your app or anywhere in your client touch point so the client can always be on the same page. When I have a client dispute, it usually comes out to me, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Even our clients who don't create their dogs, I have to explain this and I say, listen, you're giving your dog a lot of responsibility right now. You're giving them <laughs> a lot of responsibility. They're like, what? What do you mean? Like they think they're just letting them free and being great. And I say, no, the mother would not allow the dog to have this much responsibility. They were still with the mother. And sure enough, our clients start doing the proper training and their dog's amazing. And they're like, wow, Natasha, thank you for really like setting it up for me for success. I trust you. I love you. You've made my life better. There is a transformation here and I want to keep working with you and I want to keep referring you out. And I want to keep being, I want to be a brand ambassador at that because we have those programs in our business. <laughs> so they're like, can I help with you? Can I help, you know, get the cause going, what you're doing? Um, so just those little things. I know there's a lot of us out here that are like, well, that's not for me. Well, that's not for me. Well, I won't do that. That's not my style. Well, I would just hate for you to be left left behind. I'd really hate for you to have somebody else come right behind you. I want to talk to the small towns right now, not the big cities where the density is there, but the small royal towns that you're the only dog walker, you're the only pet sitter in your town. You get to set the tone, okay? You get to make the marker so high right now that nobody can touch you in the race. How epic is that? When people tell me, well, those methods don't work because I'm in a small town, set the bar, be the trailblazer. Anybody that comes under your toes don't even have a chance because you crushed it out of the park so far. You got to change demographic clients. And I go through this in Texas. They're like, oh, the dog's okay being outside. And I'm like, no, I just came. I'm not putting the dog back outside. Right? <laughs> they're like, no, no, leave them outside. No, no, no. I'm not leaving them outside. It's 105 degrees out. No. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, really? What's the big deal? And I was like, well, we'll talk about it, but our staff won't be doing that. Right. Just small things where, like we said, the client may or may have not been, you know, afforded the same education that we are able to give now with our groups, our community, our technology. Like we can be the person who's making the awareness. Whoever is building awareness to the community typically is where everybody's going to follow. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And also in those in those small towns, if you are not setting the bar high enough, 
someone else is, is going to see an opportunity. Right. I mean, when I first started my business, uh, there was one competitor. I was like 22 years old and um, I sunk all of my money into yard signs. It was like 800 bucks. It was all the money I had at the time. And what I did was I would go out every night at like 1 a.m. with two people and we would put them all up and down the, um, what's it called? The exit ramp of the highway of the service areas, the one to get the commuters. And then I would go out later in that day and pick them up so we wouldn't lose them. I got a call that, and I'm not going to name the company, but they have a very colorful vehicle. Um, that company was driving up and down the LIE, taking all of the signs. The person who actually called us, I was like, hey, if you have dogs, I'll give you a hundred bucks for the free services. Thank you so much. They've been a lifelong client since this happened. Um, but I called the company and I was like, hey, you know, one of your people's going up and down the highway taking my stuff. I understand like competition, competition, but this is kind of like a, a weird move. It's like, no, nah, it wasn't us. I was like, well, no, I have a picture of one of your, and it was the guy who owned the company. And I was like, what, what do you, what do you do? Like, I was, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I spent all my money on this. So, you know, I, I tried to be cordial, respectful with them. They were really rude and awful. So I spent the next year following their vehicle, writing down the address of each client's home they went to. And I sent them a letter and I introduced myself and I proceeded to pick off 81 clients because all they had to do was give me my stuff back. But instead, I took a whole bunch of business away from them because, you know, people are going to do stuff like that. If, if you're going to be like all, all that could have been was, hey, here's your stuff or, hey, we're really sorry. Be nice to your comp competition because there's nut jobs out there like me who will do that and will try to pick off as much business as I can. Now, we don't do these kinds of practices anymore. I'm not a big fan of it, but you got someone who's young and hungry and you know, you're know you not setting the bar that high, someone will come in. They'll kick your feet out. They'll take all the business away from you. And you just got to always be prepared for that kind of stuff because you know if you're not staying on top of your game, somebody else will. They'll come in and they'll do a better job or they'll find ways to get your clients. And why would they stay with you? If they're, if they're offering better, you know, why do it? So just right. make sure you keep stay on your toes and be nice to people. Don't be rude. It's not nice. Be a nice person. There's, <laughs> there's plenty of pets for all of us. You know, there will always be more pets than there are service providers. So it, it makes no sense to not be nice, you know, just be positive, put positive energy out yeah. into the world and it'll come back to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're saying, you know, set this bar high. Well, we're doing that for two different reasons. We're doing it so we can stay at the top of the pile, right? We can continue to advance the industry. We're also setting the bar high because there is a huge swath of pet owners who expect it, right? Because of this, the millennial generation is expecting that high bar. They're expecting that premiumization of a service to be getting these little details, to be getting these surprises, giving these little joys from it right We're, so it, it is both it's a yes and kind of thing of well why would i even bother well there's a lot of driving factors behind the progression and change of these services and this bar that we're con continuing to set high we're going to take a break and tell you about our next sponsor pet sitters associates as pet care professionals your clients trust you to care for their furry family members pet sitters associates is here to help for over 20 years pet sitters associates has provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance 
If you work in the pet care industry or want to make your passion for pets into a profession, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetSitLLC.com. You can get a discount when joining by clicking Membership, Pet Sitter Confessional, and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL at checkout to get $10 off today. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PetSitLLC.com. I want to shift gears a little bit, and I mostly because I feel like all of us are currently experiencing a huge growth in being busy and are kind of pulling our hair out, trying to figure out managing this and trying to, I think, also looking towards the future going, where does this land? And and I ask that because, you know, we expected a lot of growth. There's a lot of pent up demand. But we also saw a lot of pet care businesses have to close over last year. So I want to throw it out to you all to, to talk about why, talk about A, is the industry actually growing? I think just to you know put aside any fears of anybody, and then B, what do you think is driving the the large growth in pet, specifically pet services? I, I mean, I I definitely think the business for sure is growing. Um, I I feel inc- I just have so much empathy for the people who did have to close their businesses during this. Like it is building a business, at least for me. It's this is my baby. This is something I have literally put my blood, sweat, and tears into. I've I've missed huge portions of my life building this business. And it is so important to me. And the idea, like I get emotional talking about it. anytime people get to achieve something or, or it's being taken away, like I feel that. And it's 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 awful just because, you know, in those situations you think like, well, there's something different they could have done, or could they have done this or pivoted or this? And like that's just the way my brain works, but I, I feel absolutely terrible for all the companies that did go through this. But I think a couple of things are happening. One, people are having kids later. Um, two, some people are deciding, hey, the planet's kind of not going to be in a great place for the next 30 years. I don't know if I want to bring a child into this. And so dogs are becoming the replacement for kids for a lot of people. You had, I think, was it over a million pets that were adopted in the last year? I think it was some insane number of pets. Do you have a huge boom in first-time pet owners who had all the time in the world to be at home with their pet, do research about everything for their pet, so they've done their homework on you, they've done your homework on your competition, they're going to know what to expect. So, you know, we're dealing with a more educated uh, consumer base. We're dealing with, you know, like you guys have been saying, a bar that's expected to be higher. You know, you've got, you know, people got very especially here in like the city, people got very excited about in the beginning brands like Rover and Wegg, which allowed me to, boom, I have a dog walker now. They want that convenience, but they need that service of a small business. Do you bring those two things together? That's an incredibly powerful combination for this demographic. And I think that the industry as a whole is just going to continue to grow. Obviously, eventually it'll plateau, but I think that, you know, this is something that is not going to go away in the next 10 to 15 years. I think the focus on pets and wellness and well-being for animals is just only going to grow. I, I'm betting big on it, not slowing down. Like this is, I'm, I'm going all in on, on this growth. So I think, you know, now is the time to aggressively pursue the growth in your business. So, you know, take all the right steps, 
honestly, I can't keep pushing this enough. Go hire people to help you. Not necessarily full-time employees, but like, I already am like ready to call Natasha because I'm like, wait, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? How'd you do this? And like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you got to recognize when you don't know how to add that value to your business, but you see somebody like Doc's Design. I've been watching them for a year. I am so weirdly possessive over my logo because I know it's, you know, people recognize it. They know the brand. I'm like, I don't want anyone to touch it. Like, I feel so bad for them because I'm like, well, don't do this. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll take a step back. But <laughs> let the people who are good at the thing do the thing because I can't design this stuff. I'm not an artist. Like, look at this chicken scratch behind me. That's a model for a product that I'm working on. You have no idea what that is. Look, like someone drew that with their feet. I'm not a design guy. You got to find the people right. who can help you do the things that you are struggling with and invest the money. Sometimes people's prices might be a little bit expensive. It is so much more expensive to go through making mistakes, lose the clients, all these things happening. You're buying access to their brain. Whatever they're charging you, I guarantee you it's worth 10 times that. So invest in yourself and invest in like all of these things that'll strengthen your business. Cause this is only going to just keep going up. Amen. Well, I can vouch for docs. I had my own design two times. You're in good hands. <laughs> You'll be fine. I'm very excited. You'll be fine. Listen, I think in general, the, the dog mom, dog dad, Error is here. Okay. So yeah. there's Instagram, there's pages, there's, there's momagers, there's dadagers. So just the emphasis, like Dan said, since people are not having kids, they have, there's no more like, look at my kids and my phone. No, now look at my dog and follow them on Instagram. We have an Epic page. And then we're also using my dog for sponsorships and Super Bowl ads and commercials and people are using human to human affiliate marketing now. So people want more dog faces. Like if you think about all the things that have happened in the world between like inclusion and all the other topics we've had to kind of face together, dogs are the one thing that we all kind of agree on as a whole. And if somebody messes with the dog, every race, religion, sex background is coming in. Okay. That is the one (laughs) It doesn't matter. Whatever you don't agree on, political or not, you mess with the dog and we're all coming in. And so I think uh, brands understand that buying power and that emotional connection to dogs now. So everybody has tapped into the dog world. I thought I was going to be, I just wanted to be a dog walker. I didn't want to work 13 hours in the car business. Like I didn't even plan on it being anything more than my general tri-state area. But I think overall, like like um, like uh, Doug was saying with the supplements, and now you can do like your own dog branding and logo, and you can turn your dog's face into a monogram, and like all this stuff that people are doing, it's just going to go higher and higher and higher. And I completely agree with Dan Parr's investments. Like everyone asked me, hey, Natasha, what was your biggest business mistake that you didn't do? And I said, outsourcing everything. And again, not necessarily the full-time employee from day one. And now I did hire two months, but like the website, um, any of the marketing, I hate social media. Why did I ever even try to do my page? Like why? Everybody knows I wasn't going to be consistent. I should have just had someone else do it. (laughs) Okay. So when someone looks at your rates or your pricing, you are promising them a transformation. And so like Dan said, you're paying for their mind. 
So if they've invested all this energy and in, in, in investment in their own mind, and you're like, well, it should be free. Well, it should be $10. Well, I can't believe that you're actually going to charge for that. Oh, you mean to give you a transformation to make you profit, to make you successful? Oh, to take care of your dog and, and give you peace of mind so you can increase your income yourself, right? So it's just like the whole mindset shift that I think people understand the value now. And thank God for Wagon Rover. Let's just talk about them. Thank God for them. They had the cash. They had the funding. Thank you for opening the doors of free marketing for us. Because all of us other little guys got to just trickle right behind them. So we can say from you know 20 years ago, no one had that buying power to market and really open up what a dog walker is today to put it on an app and have an on-demand service. Mm. So we all got to kind of ride on the coattails. And I'm always grateful for everything and everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I don't know what I can add to what you two just said. I completely agree with everything. Um, one, th- one thing that I see happening in the future uh, for pet sitting and dog walking businesses is you guys were talking about like the uh, bark boxes and stuff. We're going to see a lot more of that with service businesses offering products. And then a lot of the product companies are going to start offering services. We have Rover and uh, Walmart in their partnership. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more stuff like that. Um, and I love it. I, I, I love it. I agree with what Natasha said. You know, thank God for Rover and WAG. I mean, they, they kind of paved the, the way for us in a way. And, uh, yeah, I think it's great. The, the, the sky is the limit for the pet care industry. I mean, there's so many things that we can do and it is changing so quickly that, um, there, there's no stopping it. There is no stopping this at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I, um, we had some, I had a tech company a few years ago in the restaurant industry. We had an office in Manhattan and I remember every day there was these two adorable little Roddy puppies running up and down the hallway. And obviously I was like, all right, I got to go find out who these belong to. <laughs> and I go to the office and it's this guy named Brett. And I was like, oh, so what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm starting this, uh, this pet food delivery company. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, so Brett founded Farmer's Dog and it is now insane. Like he's actually going to be coming on the podcast later this year, but it's just like, it was literally him and his partner in an office and just like, I was like, that's a good idea. I was like, I should maybe do something with that. And it's just like, they just absolutely exploded. Like they, I think they've raised over $90 million. Like I, they're either going to IPO eventually, or they're going to get acquired by a big guy. But like, you know, the food brands, all these, like, it's just, everybody is spending money on this stuff. And it's just like, all right, figure out where you can kind of get your foot in the door and, and what you can add value to out there. I love that you said that too, because we all know that those food subscriptions are literally like $5 a meal almost. And so us little dog walkers and pet sitters are like, I can't raise my rates. They'll never pay for that. Meanwhile, they're they're buying, you know, a thousand dollar (laughs) food. So it's like people will pay for what they see value in because they could have easily went and got Alpo, but they didn't. Okay. Yep. So let's just go ahead and keep the value topics at top of tongue because people will pay for what they see value in. Yeah, I agree with that. I was super nervous. Like anytime I had to raise my rates, I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to go away. You get like two people who are like, oh, that's too expensive for me. 
And like, sometimes we'll find a way to make it work for people. Cause I do want to, you know, we try to make sure we can help people in terms of like all ends of the financial breakdown, but like, yeah, be confident in what you're delivering. If you are delivering the services that people expect and want, it's okay to increase your prices as costs like New York state. We're going up to $15 an hour minimum wage next year. So we're going to increase our, our, uh, our walk prices, but we're also going to be bumping up our pay for our staff. We want to be competitive, but like definitely don't worry. People will continue to, unless you jack it up by like 20 bucks. Don't, don't be terrible, but definitely don't be so nervous when you're raising your rate. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. I struggled with that for years and I finally just had this epiphany moment where I realized there is a market for everything. You just have to find the clients, you know, they may not be your current clients, but, and if you do raise your rates, if you formed the right connection and the right uh, relationship with your clients, uh, they're going to stick with you. And if they don't stick with you, you know what, they probably weren't the best for your business anyway, and you will replace them with better, higher paying clients sooner or later. Don't forget that. I love that. We don't have to be for everybody. And I think that's where people are like, oh, you should be catering to me and you should be saying the exact words that I like and you should be charging the exact rates that I like. We are not here as God people on this earth to to make everybody happy. We're not for everybody. When you find your niche and your people, they will flock to you, period. Like my B2C clients are very loyal. So if one or two leave and go to another company, I'm like, well, best of luck to you. Call me when you need yeah. me. It's no love loss. I'm like, if it doesn't work out, you want to come back? Doors are open. But for the most part, my clients are like, yeah, right. Like, we know what's on the other side, girl. We are staying right here. It is all yeah. good. And even my coaching clients, they're like, we know your value. We know the transformation you can give me and your rates are premium and we respect it and we want it because we want a high touch experience. Your B2C clients want the same thing. They don't want, nobody wants like a free crap. Like, would you buy a pizza that was sucky for free? You're like, I don't even want it. It's crap. It's your low grade product. I wouldn't even eat it for free. So why yeah. add all the toppings, the premium mozzarella, all the goodies and put a high dollar on it and give people a wow moment. What's wrong with yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Nothing. I support um, that. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm hungry. Um, we're, we're talking about the growth of the industry and the diversification of services and pet health being one thing. I know veterinary care is just going through the roof as far as people investing in the pet and the health of their pets and supplements and all of this stuff. As as business owners, is it worth our time and or should we be trying to diversify into these other areas of growth? Or should we just be honing our skills and making sure that our dog walk is the best possible? I see some emphatic head nodding and eyes bulging out of their heads. You've got to diversify your income. If we didn't see that from this past year, you guys know I'm like the anti-diversify when it comes to other services, right? So I'm not going to put services. I'll put some products on the line. So you have to diversify your income, whether it's your affiliates, you're working with other brands in your neighborhood, whether it's supplements or products you're selling, whether it's an online store, like these guys got awesome daycares, pet sitting going on because right now pet sitting is booming and I'm like I'm okay sitting this part out (laughs) right you gotta know what you stand for you gotta know who you are but definitely never put all your eggs in one basket because we know how it goes yeah I I definitely think you know double down on what you're doing well at but like 
explore other options. I mean, my, my long-term plan with this business is um, once we are at the point when we're at maybe like seven brick and mortar locations, I'm probably going to take a step back as CEO and bring in a CEO. And I'm going to be going to vet school because my long-term plan is in these facilities. Because that was always the goal. Going to vet school is always a plan. This is just a, a 12-year detour that I've taken. Um, but the plan for me has always been I, I want to run animal hospitals within our... I want to be a one-stop shop for everything. Dog walking, testing, grooming, surgery, you know, post-ops, anything that you need, that is my plan. So I want to be able to have it where we are in the veterinary space. I, we work with um, Bond Vet, and I was joking with their chief veterinary officer. I'm like, yeah, we're friends until we were like competitors. She was like, good, I want to be competitors. But like, that's the goal for me is I, I want to I be involved in every single touch point in a pet's life. And if I can't offer that expertise, I want to bring in the people who can. Like, mm-hmm. We're trying to hire as many dog trainers as possible right now. We're trying to hire as many gro- I, I don't know the first thing about grooming a dog, but I know it looks good. And I know what a, you know someone who knows how to groom a dog can do. And that's really what we're trying to do is we're after the last year of like nobody needing a dog walker and watching the grooming and daycare businesses thrive and me being like, I don't get any of this. I want to make sure that we have those. I'm like the opposite of Natasha when it comes to, I'm like, let's do everything, (laughs) but let's make sure that we've got the right systems in place. Cause Mm -hmm. I, I have to remind myself on a very regular basis because I'm a super impatient person this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And I am trying to, you know, when you're trying to build a national brand, it takes time, but you got to make sure all the systems are in place. You're doing all the right stuff. But I think, you know, doing affiliate marketing, doing, you know, partnerships with other businesses, like, you know, if you don't want to hire a trainer, have some sort of a partnership with a trainer where you do a revenue split or something like that. There's so many different ways you can, you can work with people. And, there's so many local brands. Like we do events. There's a uh, a market across the street from us here in Brooklyn, and we, they there are so many like dog treat companies that you know they're local businesses. Like what better way to get the word out than working within the community and supporting each other too? Because like yeah, this Walmart doesn't give a shit about me or my business. They don't care if I succeed, but like you know, I genuinely care if, if local businesses succeed or fail like that's that's what makes the community a community is you know having all of these different aspects to it and being able to find a way to work with other people and bring them in and add some revenue streams it does not hurt i'm glad (laughs) you said that too because i'm sure we'll talk about this but social causes like people are shopping local now because of social causes and that has changed the client experience a lot because they want to buy from who they support the same things that they believe in. So mm-hmm. you got to get with one of my clients, Dan, because he just uh, partnered with a vet to come into his facility. Um, they do grooming, so they just have a vet. One thing I do want to open, though, guys, and if you guys want to partner, let's go. I want to open a dog bar. So I hope in the future where we can drink, hang, and let the dogs play. I'm all about a dog bar in the South where the real estate's cheaper. <laughs> 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 let's do it. Have, so I'm Arcade. There we go. Whatever you want to call it, I'm not hard. No, 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 no. They they exist. They're in um. They're in. I think Minnesota. Um, we have a bunch. Yeah, we have a bunch in our area for sure. I didn't even know it was like a thing. Yeah, Barcade. Nope, that's not it. Yeah, that's the Netherlands. That's completely different. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I am. Um, I love the idea of that. Like that sounds so exciting. 
Um, yeah, we're all going to talk after this. I got a lot of things to do. Hundred percent. Yeah, Doug. What what are you, what's your take on how we should be diversifying our businesses? You know, people from both a, a solopreneur all the way up to you know six seven figure business. Man, diversify, diversify, diversify from day one. Start today in every way that you can. If you're only offering dog walking, start offering pet sitting. If you're only offering pet sitting, offer dog walking or offer uh, dog training or dog treats. There's so many different ways to go about it. And Dan made a good point that you don't have to do this all yourself. You don't have to do it all under your own business. You can partner with other businesses. And that's what I've done in the last year is I saw what was happening with dog training. And I knew that I didn't want to hire and manage dog trainers. So I went and contacted all of the other dog training companies in our service area that I liked and that uh, were positive reinforcement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, made revenue splitting uh, agreements with them. And Hey, Doug, can you tell them that that's an IC? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. That's what IC looks like right there. <laughs> exactly. And that's a whole nother conversation right there. <laughs> That's a whole another conversation. Yeah. But there's so many different the point is is there's so many different ways to do this. And if the last year has shown us anything, is that you cannot have all of your eggs in one basket. You are shooting yourself in the foot to be narrow-minded in that way. And the sky's the limit with our industry. So why not dip your toes into some other things and see what's possible? And you know what? Let's say you partner with a dog bakery. You think you can sell their treats and your clients don't like their treats. Go partner with a different dog bakery. Go go try something else. Just yeah. keep trying it, trying it, and trying it. And you might fail a couple times, but you're eventually going to find something that is amazing that your clients love. And why, why would you not want to do that? It's it's a great thing. We have that with our subscription boxes. So we do a surprise box where the client doesn't get to pick. They get to pay $30 for the subscription box and we put local businesses in the box. So every month it's a surprise. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. So there's no like, oh, this is a terrible company. It was like, okay, you get some feedback, you put a survey out, and then the next month is a new surprise. (laughs) And you keep supporting the whole Everyone should throw all their money into Dogecoin. (laughs) Every penny should throw it all in there. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Elon, settle down, settle down. Um, but but you're right. Like when we look at the total pet care industry, it's not just one thing, right? There are supplies, there's vet, there's health, there's services, there's live animals. There's all these different things that we can start picking up on and we can start bringing in under house, whether that's partnering with an independent contractor or whether that's bringing them in house, you know, like, like Dan is talking about doing with his and making it all one under the same brand. There is so many different pies that are huge, multi, multi-billion dollar industries by themselves within this larger pie that when you start bringing in a little bit from each of those, you do have this robustness that you can have and you have security, right, moving forward. Yeah. yeah. I, I do want to mention that as, as businesses like ours continue to grow and diversify, and especially as we pour more into technology and all of that... I do think it's going to create a little bit higher barrier of entry for our uh, for our industry. Mm. I think it's going to be interesting just to see how that plays out. Because right now, the barrier uh, to entry is so low. Um, 
So I, I think it's going to be very interesting to just yeah. to track that and see uh, how, how all that affects each other. I love that. I also think on the flip side of that, you're going to see some money coming in from either banks or big you know, investment groups, investment banks. I think you're going to start seeing some money being thrown at larger, you know, larger brands in our in our space. Because out of like out of the pie, we're only the pet dog walking and pet sitting as industry is like I think we're only like 1.7 billion, and currently like it's like 100 billion the whole pet space. So we're a tiny fraction, but that fraction is growing. There's a lot of money to be made. I think we're going to start seeing some money being thrown into these, you know, the bigger brands in the next decade for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when I first started, I don't know about you guys, I literally bought neon pink paper and I printed, do you need a dog walker? Local vet tech will walk your dog. And then the little tear off thing. And that's how I marketed my business. I just, I, that, and I would put little flyers on people's cars. I got fined constantly for it, but you know, that's what I did to get started. Whereas now, like, you know, there are established local companies. Yeah, you can definitely start. Like, by all means, I support anyone who's just getting started. Like, if you put in the work at the end of the day and you're willing to outwork competitors and do all the things we're talking about, raise the bar and make sure you're delivering a better service, you can win. 100% hard work, I think, beats, you know, talent nine times out of 10. Like, if you are willing to put in the work and outwork your competitors and deliver a better service, there's no reason you shouldn't succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll take a break and tell you about our third and final sponsor for today's episode, Pet Sitters International. Are you a member? PSI is the largest educational association for professional pet sitters and dog walkers with a mission to promote pet sitting excellence through education. After the tumultuous past year, having the support of a strong community and direct access to educational resources and business tools is more important than ever as you rebuild your business. PSI is here to help. With a free monthly member toolkit, monthly bonus resources, online trainings, private member Facebook group, and more, along with group rates on insurance and background checks, PSI is your one-stop shop for everything you need for your pet sitting or dog walking business. As an educational association, PSI believes that if you know better, you'll do better, and invites you to join thousands of other like-minded professionals who are committed to offering the best possible pet care services and elevating our industry. If that sounds like you, visit PetSit.com slash PSC to learn more. Our listeners can save $15 off your first year membership by using the promo code PSC15 at checkout. And Natasha, you brought this up, and I definitely want to touch on this, uh, is, is the role of, of social issues as businesses moving forward and how we integrate those and how we speak to the clients moving forward as become people become more aware. And as you mentioned, they look to companies, they look to brands to see what kind of messaging that they have, what, what they stand for. 2020 taught us a lot about that, but where is that headed moving forward? Oh, I think it's going to be huge. I mean, everybody's supporting something. We got falafel shops in our community giving back to refugees. We got us as pet care providers giving half of our percentage to different local rescues. We got breeders now partnering with rescues to bring awareness for like ethical breeding. I mean, we got people giving back to, you know, Black Lives Matter. I mean, there's always a cause and people want to follow and help. Like if somebody is deliberate, like not deliberately, but it's like basically deliberately. If someone is deliberately working towards putting their for profit to a great cause and you're on a lineup of four different businesses, you're like, hmm, what should I go? It's so hard. Everybody is trusted. Everybody has an app. Everybody looks smiley. 
what, hmm, what would be the one thing that would break the tie? The person that has a social cause aligned with your social cause, that's going to break the tie. If you are part of the LBGTQ community and this other person is not showing that they're friendly and this other community is like, hey, look at us. We're a, we're a unity. They're like, yeah, that looks like more than people I want to have in my household. Right. You got to decide like what you overall stand for. And I think back in the day, it was like, don't talk about your social causes. But nowadays, I think that is a huge contributor to client purchases these days. Yeah, I think it's like 84% of consumers are more likely to go with a brand that supports, you know, causes that they believe in. Um, this is actually the whole focus of the startup I had in the restaurant space. We basically the long story, it was a waitlist management app and it allowed people to make a donation to a charity and skip to the front of the line. People loved it. And that was all like that was the only thing that differentiated us from our competitors. Honestly, our our software is way shittier than all of our competitors. We ended up selling, but like it's one of those things where people make choices based on like, you know, feeling. Mm. So like we we definitely try to do as much as we can in terms of like giving back to the community. We my um I had a very close family member who had breast cancer. Every October we do a breast cancer fundraiser, we do holiday pet food drives every year. You know, back in twenty seventeen, we drove down to Texas and rescued like we went down like 10,000 pounds of food, medical supplies, came back with 24 dogs and cats that we got adopted. People want to see that you're doing good things. I think at the end of the day, like as business owners, if a community is entrusting us with whatever, you know, they're letting us, they're literally letting us into their home. That is a huge level of trust. I believe we have a responsibility to give back, whether it's your local community or the global community. I just think it's it's the right thing to do is find a way to have some sort of a positive impact in the world around us when people are, you know, giving your business money. I think it's just the right thing to do for companies. Absolutely. And I am such a believer of if you put positivity out there, it'll come back tenfold. You know, so share share the love, share the positivity and talk about uh folks and 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 organizations and causes that are underserved it's it's our responsibility as business owners and as people that have some sort of following that to to give light to these causes it and i think it's a wonderful thing not only is it you're spreading positivity and love but i mean that's going to keep clients coming back to you um the first several years of my business i was terrified that my clients would find out that I was gay. I thought if my clients know that I am gay, it's going to tank my entire business. I truly believe this. And I don't, I don't even know what got me out of that thought process, but it's the best thing that I ever did. Now I go to every local pride rally and I'm waving my bad to the bone sign. And I mean, and people <laughs> love it. People love seeing you, just you, who you are. Yeah. I think it's also, you know, people, you know, businesses getting behind all sorts of things kind of open people's eyes up a little bit more to the world around them. I think continuing to be able to push whatever cause or whatever thing that you believe in and being able to educate people, it just, it, I feel like it just kind of continues to get people to open their eyes and be like, oh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm, I like this. I like that they're doing that. I think it's a fantastic thing across the board. 
I mean, can you imagine, like not imagine, but can you remember all those companies that actually tanked because they stood up for something that was like, whoa, this is all left field. We will not support this business again. So your, your whole energy and efforts could be literally removed in just one wrong saying that you're just not aware of. So it's also important as us as owners to, to keep like elevating our minds in general. I always say get in yeah. space that you're uncomfortable with, read books, get in communities, get in groups where it's like will totally shift um your your train of thinking because it's detrimental to your company at this point. Yeah. To not to. Right. And I know this can sound pretty overwhelming to somebody who might be not be doing this right now. You know, they've listened to our conversation up to this point and they're going, okay, so I've got to be thinking 20 years down the road. I've got to be thinking about robot dogs. I've got to be thinking about the services that are going to be expanding. <laughs> and, and now I've got to be an activist, right? Like what, what, what yeah. how do I manage this, right? But I think at the core of this and what you're all saying here is that it's coming from you, right? It's like you don't have to yeah. try to be you any more than you are already you you just get to talk about it more, right? Like, like Doug, like you got to experience of, I'm not, this isn't any extra effort because I, I this is who I am. Right. Right. And I get to share that yeah. with other people. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I think it helps people connect. Yeah. I think, you know, being able to see, you know, who somebody is and the things that they support people that, you know, I, I could get behind this company, you know, we try to be as, supportive and transparent in all the things that we do. And I think it's incredibly important um, that you do that. Some, I think sometimes companies, you know, take certain stands and I'm like, oh, that wasn't the right move. If you kind of like take a look at the world around you. But at the end of the day, you know, they're right as a business owner to take the stand that they want to take. You know, they're going to have their base that's going to, you know, go to them and that's that. But I think it, it just kind of propels more positivity being open and being able to kind of be like, Hey, this is what we're supporting. And, you know, if you don't like it, that's okay. But this is, you know, we're, we're in support of this. And I think it's really important that it's tough. Cause like, you know, you see everything that happened with, you know, people with Nike, they were either incredibly of support of them or they were like, oh, I'm never wearing Nikes again. I'm like, that's a stupid thing. You just, you're not going to wear Nikes because, they're standing up for something that's a little bit insane to me. But again, people are going to have their beliefs. But I think it's, I think the more companies and the more people are vocal, like Natasha was saying, like they did, they would kind of say, like, don't bring your political beliefs into it. I think it's a good thing. I think it allows for more open communication and conversations about everything. I mean, look at where we're at now versus 20 years ago. Like, I mean, the fact that, like, Doug, you were worried about how people receive that that is so insane to me that that like even existed within the last decade like, i mean i'm i'm here in brooklyn i think it's a very open community but it's it, just the idea that you had to think about that mm. is just like where the fuck are we where this is even like a thing that you have to consider but i think by being able to kind of continue to be open for all businesses and all these different causes i think it's just helping to progress things forward absolutely Totally. Yeah, it helps to continue having that conversation, right? Because we're normalizing just being ourselves, just across the board. Yeah. And, and it really does help, again, have those conversations. It makes it a lot easier. And again, it's not a huge step because it's who you are, right? We are connecting with people. We're, we're helping educate them about these things. We're speaking to a generation who is hungry for authenticity, I, whatever that word means, right? But just being yourself, right? They're, they're hungry for yeah. that. They're tired of being uh, 
spoken to like they don't know anything and they're tired of these disingenuous campaigns that just do go with something after a dollar. But when we're being true to ourselves and who we are, like that's an instant connection that is going to, you know, be there for as long as you you are working with them, right? That's you can't take that away. Oh yeah, we talk about niching down all day. Clients niche down too. Mm. They do their process when they look on the internet and they do their review process and their own mental checks. They niche down on the people that they want to spend their money with all the time. I think that's only going to continue. I think people are going to be you know more aligned with the brands that align with the things that they believe in. I think that's just going to get further and further, which is great. Yeah, that shouldn't be disheartening to somebody listening to this. That shouldn't be terrifying. Mm-hmm. That that should be that should be going okay. Great, I get to connect with the clients that I'm I'm going to connect with, right? And that's going to help strengthen me and my brand and my business. Yeah, yeah, and that's whatever you stand for. There's no right way, or you know, I used to do social media management our agency, and uh, some of our, our reps were like, "We should be posting about these causes," and I was like, "Listen, this brand does not want to post about these causes. Do not post." They're like. We run a company here. You give the people what they want. They don't want to post. You don't make those kind of content for them. And they're like, I can't believe it. And I'm like, you got to make sure you're not mixing personal decisions with business decisions. And I see that happening a lot. Although we want to blend social causes, we still don't want to lose the basis of etiquette, right? (laughs) We don't have to be overbearing or push ourselves and tell someone what they should or shouldn't be doing. And, you know, we'll have a conversation about that with vaccines, you know, later this week about just what you stand for and what you're going to go towards and what you're going to lean against and what you're going to trail your community to do. But we're never going to exclude in anything that we do. Yeah, it's important to just be respectful. We remember to respect everyone around you, even if they may not have the same thought process or the exact same belief. Everyone's entitled to their beliefs. Everyone has reasons for their beliefs. And we just have to remember that. And and if we respect them and their beliefs, they'll be much more likely to respect us and and our beliefs. There you go. Yeah. 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 And I I think that kind of gets to... to kind of in, 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 in closing here of we've talked about a lot of changes in the industry and I, I wanted to get y'all's perspective on the role or um, those changes and are, are they just going to happen to us or what's our role in, in producing the changes that we want to see as business owners and, and that kind of goes in line with kind of these social issues and, and being ourselves but at this broad scale how can we help elicit positive changes in the industry across technology, across services, across all this? For me, I've been showing people like what I do. Like I used to be the CEO that would put my systems out there. They ran on their own. And then I was kind of in the dark hanging out. And like Dan said, we just kind of got introduced to like Facebook groups just a couple of years ago. I think I got my first Facebook group, I think maybe three years ago, I guess. And I just start noticing all these companies that were literally like, I'm tired, I'm burnt out, I don't know what's going on, I'm not hitting the nail, I'm just working and working and working. And I was like, you know what, I'll just show you guys what I do. I'll show you my style. I show that it can run, you can make money, you can travel, you can have babies. Like, I think for us kind of leading by example, 
then you're kind of changing the thought process. So we ran a whole campaign changing the pet game. Like my people who who niche to me, we are all about lifestyle. Like we're not hustling and grinding. We're living life. We are taking the vacation and drinking drinks. Okay. Like for us, it's not going to be like if you come into me and was like, well, I want to hustle hustle. I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to be the right person, but I'll show you how to strategize. So you no longer hustle, but you can still make lucrative income. Right. So once you start kind of leading by example, I think your people will flock to you. And that's what we do in our B2C business every day. Like my clients know that what I say and what I promise, they're going to get the trust and respect is very well earned. And even with Doug saying, you know, him being gay, well, I'm black. And I was like, whoa, do I got to be a Barack Obama of the pet business now? Or these people are going to be weird about me coming in their houses? I had those same insecurities. Mm. But I was like, you know what? I will be the ultimate pet care provider. And I will outcrush anyone that comes next to me. And my clients saw that. They were like, she means business. And we like her. She's blue, purple, green, black. We're rocking with her. Mm. Right? So you just lead by example of whoever it is you are, what you stand for it. And like they say, be unapologetic. I, I definitely agree with that. I think um, when I first started, I was young enough and arrogant enough to think I knew what I was doing. So I had this mindset of like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. And I, I did it. Like, it's, I think when you're very young and you start a business, you, you don't really think of all the things that can go wrong. Now, like any new venture I get into, I like, I sit down, I do the math. I look at this. I'm like, all right, this is going to take this many things. Okay, we have to do this. Whereas when I, like, I started when I was 22, like four businesses in one year, I started the nonprofit tech company, the dog walking business. And I had a, uh, I used to flip textbooks. And I was just go, 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 go. But I think I just got into this mindset of, I'm just going to try different things. Like if you go back and look at my social media posts from when I first started, and I tell people this constantly, go look at it. It's horrible. I made it in like, I think, uh, what's this? Not Photoshop. Definitely not Photoshop. I did it in like PowerPoint. And I made like these awful, great, like it was terrible, but I just kept going and going and going. And I think I got into that mindset of, not realizing there's other people out there like me. And so I, I've kind of always had this like drive forward mentality. And, you know, like Natasha saying, just be who you are, do what works for you. Like, again, I think we are total opposites in the way we operate. Like as soon as I have free time, I'm like, Oh, add another project, add another project, add another project. So, like, I'm constantly just adding more and more to my plate, but I think it's helping me grow and evolve so that I hope that, you know, people right now, even still, I think the average person looks at like dog walking as like a side hustle. I plan on buying one day and I'm not a materialistic guy, but this is the one thing I've wanted since I was a little kid, a matte black, black on black Bentley convertible. And then the bottom, I want to have my license plate says dog walker. And that's my goal because I want to change the perspective. I think you can create a multi-million multi-billion dollar pet care brand and i want this to continue to grow and evolve and like i hope that i could add value to people's lives with whatever i'm doing whether it's through my business or just even like chatting with other people in the industry i mean i've been working with um dan over in the uk he has um an amazing eco-friendly pet care Mm -hmm. company he just randomly hit me up in a facebook group and was like hey dude uh can i i'd love to do like a mentorship with you can you do but him and I are great friends now. He he posts. He actually is the one who puts up all of our social media. So he actually works for me now, and we do a ton of back and forth stuff. So just like any way I can be of service to help people, I want to do that. But at the end of the day, I think like Natasha's saying, 
lead by example. Try new things. Don't be scared. Just like, we're all going to be dead one day. None of this matters in a million years. None of this matters. We are so insignificant in like the grand scheme of time. But you can impact the world around you by trying and doing new things. I mean, I hope to be able to do amazing things. My goal is to be able to impact a million people in my lifetime. And I don't know exactly how I do that. I do know that, you know, amassing resources will help me with it. But I think just pushing and pushing and pushing and continue to grow our industry is the way that we're going to help things grow and evolve and get better. I love that you said that because people, I love that you just squashed like a money mind block that so many pet care professionals have that we shouldn't need 10K months. We shouldn't need 50K months. We shouldn't need 200K months. Well, why do you need that much money for? You're here to love on the dogs. Well, I just love that you said we can love on more dogs even get a grander impact with people who actually care about them that are going to teach these the integrity within the company and you can be successful. And the way to provide the best impact is with money. I can literally be one Natasha working in Africa on a missionary trip, one soul. But the money that I make in the pet care industry, I can then donate a couple hundred thousand. How much more impact do you think I'm going to make? By bringing in more souls. So if we all flock together and make an impact and make great businesses, we can do even more with what comes behind it. They always say, do what you love and the money follows. They never lie. That's true. True, true. Yeah. Oh, I I love that. I love that. I am right on board with both of you. Uh, Dan, I, I started bad at the bone at 19 years old. I mean, I had literally just graduated high school I I had yeah. never managed a person before. I had never handled money before. Yeah. I mean, I literally didn't know anything about anything. And I've constantly learned day by day the hard way. And I tell everybody that I speak to, if I can teach myself this stuff, then you can too. You know, the, the resources yeah. are out there. And that's why... We do things like this now is we, we see the power of connecting with people and sharing what we know and, and just putting that positive energy out there into the world. It's such an amazing thing. That's, that's why I started making these YouTube videos is I see, I just want to help. I want to help in any and every way that I can. And if I can help one dog walker somewhere make a better decision, then that's made my whole day. Amen. Yeah, I love your videos, by the way. Thank Keep you. Them up. Me too. Like, I'm always giving him topics. I'm like, do this topic. <laughs> like, I'm sure if you like getting them into the groups, man, you are definitely helping so many people. Because like, I look at some of them I'm like, shit, I wish I had that. I wish I knew this information instead of having to stumble blindly through this. Because yeah, doing the beginning, oh my God, especially as young as you and I were, we started, it's just like, oh my God, I never managed anybody before either. But yeah, keep going with those videos. They're definitely helping yeah, people for sure. You. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah, it's just amazing how much I have learned over the, over the past few years. And I love it. I think the power of knowledge is one of the, the biggest things that I've learned through growing my business, the more that you know, the more that you can help people. And the more that you help people, the more every life is better across the globe. And that is that's, that's yeah. such a powerful thing. 
Yeah. Well, and that's why um, I'm so happy to have you all on this roundtable, because the more that we can know about not just the current state of the pet care industry, but also start having some ideas about where it's going, the more that we can prepare and start making those differences and making those changes. You know, we're, we're talking about the future, and that's why I wanted to talk to the future and bring you all on because of the work that you're doing and doing everything that you're involved in. So um, I, I want to thank each and every one of you, Dan, Doug, Natasha, for for coming on and having this conversation, for for slogging through uh, this time and, and really giving uh, all of your great insights. Um, but I know, as we've talked about, that you're all open and available to have more conversations and to help other people out. So how can people get connected? Where should they hunt you down and start stalking you and, and learning? First, Colin, I do want to say thank you to both of you for the podcast that you guys do. Um, I think it is a super valuable resource for the industry as a whole. You guys are bringing together a lot of amazing voices and a lot of really insightful stuff. So I think the whole industry is loving what you're doing. So thank you for putting this together and getting all of us in this digital room. Um, so yeah, keep it up, man. We love it. Um, in terms of me, you could obviously, you could DM Dan's Pet Care. Um, I'm on there, but if you wanted to contact me personally, my Instagram super boring. It's uh, just Daniel Reitman. It's just pictures of mountains and sunsets and occasionally a puppy or my fiance. But I'm more than happy to help. Hit me up on Facebook if we're not already friends yet because I'm pretty sure I've friended every single person in every single Facebook group. Um, but for real, if you have a question, I'm super accessible. I might not get back to you right away, but like I am more than happy to answer any and all questions. Um, I do some consulting on the side. Nothing too crazy it's more kind of like a la carte but um if you're looking for operation stuff you might want to go with wait we're here i'm trying to point natasha i'm trying to point to you um <laughs> the podcast listeners are but, thoroughly uh, confused. i'm happy to help so dance pet care on instagram daniel reitman and everything else but hit me up if you have any questions at all if you guys want to contact me i'm boring too site <laughs> it's natasha being you guys know I am the Monday guest coach on Pet Sitter Confessional, and I love doing it. Literally, when you you and I call and talk, I was like, yeah, I can do a guest. I told I told um, Doug that. I was like, Doug, should we podcast? I'm like, no, let's just keep being a Pet Sitter Confessional. I was like, that's a win-win. <laughs> so definitely, I love the podcast. I love that you guys bring voices in that we would never, ever hear or experiences from people. And again, I love this little pod that we got going on. I'm like, hey, we should do a coaching pod together. And I'll send you to Doug for this. And we'll send to Dan for this and Colin for this, right? So we all have a little bit of everything, different perspectives, absolutely, but we're all here for the greater good. But I prefer DMs. That's my style. I will send you a video message. If you've ever DM me before, you'll be like, whoa, send me a video. So uh, yeah, send me a DM. That's the best way. Natasha Banyan. I, I love the podcast, Colin. I mean, this is such an amazing resource that you guys are putting out. And uh, man, I listen to every episode religiously. I, I follow your schedule. I know when it's coming out. I got my earbuds ready. Like, I love it. Um, it's completely widened my perspective of the pet care industry. Uh, like Dan said, you know, I didn't know that there were other people out here dealing with the same issues. And it's one thing to see it in a Facebook post, but to hear it on the podcast in someone's own voice, it's such an amazing thing. And we learned so much. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. 
If anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm Doug Keeling. You can find me on Facebook, just Doug Keeling, um, or Bad to the Bone Pet Care on Facebook, Bad to the Bone Pet Care on Instagram, all, all spelled out, Bad to the Bone Pet Care. And then I'm also the Wandering Pet Sitter. That's one of my other sub-brands, uh, so you can find me there as well. I'm always, always available to answer questions, help in any way that I can. Um, I love doing it. I love doing it. So hit me up. Oh. I got one last thing. This is my shameless plug. Um, go check out Let's Talk About Cool Animals, uh, the podcast with myself and Moro. We have a new segment out called Cool Animal People. Um, we've had amazing like guests that I had no idea would say yes. Captain Paul Watson from Sea Shepherd. We just had Dr. Evan Anton on, or as I like to call him, Dr. Handsome, um, who the coolest dude in the world. Like Him and I nerded out about lizards for legit like an hour. Uh, we've Caesar Milan coming on later this year, so check that out. We would be honored if you listened to us. Um, shameless plug over. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's absolutely right. And then and uh, and definitely check out uh, Doug's YouTube channel and, and Natasha. Everything that you've got going on at Start Scale Sale too, guys. I mean, I mean, use these people as oh, resources. Yeah. Join our membership group or my high touch program, Automated CEO. Yeah, there's a lot of resources here and definitely reach out and get connected with them. All um, Dan, Doug, Natasha, again, but always, always a pleasure and always wonderful insight. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. What is your hope for the future of pet care and what role do you see yourself playing in bringing about that change. We covered a lot of topics on this episode from technology to social issues and the role that each of those plays in pet care. It's a big, big world with lots and lots of changes, but lots of lots of really cool people doing awesome things. And uh, Megan and I want to thank you for listening and for being a part of that wonderful, awesome community doing those things and helping to make the industry be better. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet, Pet Sitters International and Pet Sitters Associates for making this week's show possible. If you liked this episode and this kind of discussion with more people involved, let us know. And we'd love to get your feedback and hear how you would like to have topics covered moving forward. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. This is the only episode that we've got going on. So we'll be back again next week. Mm-hmm.